Happy Resurrection Day to everyone. It was the third day. It looked hopeless. A spirit would hang around a, a body for you know, a couple to three days, but it had been three days since Jesus had been crucified, been put in the tomb. They had nailed his hands to a, cr- a wooden cross Nailed his feet there just to make sure he was really dead. They thrust a spear into his side. The two friends were walking along the road to Emmaus, discussing the events of the last of the last couple of days. They had they had been in Jerusalem for the feast and what is usually a population of the area, around 256,000 people, had swelled to around 2.7 million because of all the pilgrims for the feast. They had a place to stay about seven miles away, which was really nothing for a good, strong, healthy Jew to walk in a day, back and forth. And as they walked, they were discussing I thought he was the one. Surely he was the one who was going to deliver us from the Romans. Surely he was the prophet to come. Didn't you hear him say those things? Didn't you see him break the bread and, and distribute it? Surely he was the prophet. Surely this one was the Christ. Why did he let the the Jews and the Romans kill him? We thought he was going to deliver us from Rome. Why did, they, why did he let them put him on a cross? Surely he could have done something. As they were discussing, a stranger came up beside them. Kind of looked. I, I can imagine they go, boy, how did this guy get here so quickly? He must be in really good shape. And the stranger asked, what are you guys discussing? Why are you so downcast and bewildered? They looked at him and said, why don't you know? Have have you not been in Jerusalem? Did, did Did you not see the sun get dark? Did you not feel the earthquake? Have you not read the papers or watched TV? They... They, they had RNN, the, the Roman News Network. And in Jerusalem, they even had the, the Fox News Network. It was, it was owned by Herod. Some, some of you all might look that up and, and catch that later. But they asked. They, so they, they started telling this stranger who walked up and said, this, this man, Jesus, we thought, we thought he was the one. We thought he was the Christ. We thought he would be the one to deliver us from the, from the Romans. 
We thought he was the one that was, was going to, to finally uh, reestablish the kingdom of David. How is it that you've not heard? And the stranger looked back and said, You foolish men. Kind of a play there. They're wondering why the stranger didn't know. And they said, he says, You foolish men. Why don't you believe what was written in the scriptures? That the Christ had to suffer and die. That it had to be this way. And that he would be he would raise up into glory. And then it said he did an amazing thing. He opened the scriptures. And starting from Moses, showed them about the Christ. Maybe it sounded like this. Did he say, in Genesis, he was the breath of life into Adam. In Exodus, he's the true Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's the better high priest. In Numbers, he's the leader of God's army. In Deuteronomy, he's the prophet like Moses. In Joshua, he is our salvation. Judges, he's our victory. In Ruth, he's our kinsman redeemer. First and second Samuel, he's our king. First and second Kings, he is the keeper of promises. Verse of 2 Chronicles, he's the one that fills the temple. In Ezra, he's the restorer. Nehemiah, he's our protector. Esther, he is our strength in the face of opposition. In Job, he's the perfect one who suffers. Psalms, he's our song. He's our king, our savior. In Proverbs, He is our wisdom, our knowledge, and our guide. Ecclesiastes, he's the fear and the wisdom of God. Song of Solomon, he is the lover going after his bride. In Isaiah, he's the suffering servant. Jeremiah, he's the righteous branch. Lamentations, he's actually the one who weeps. Ezekiel, he's the river that pours out from the temple giving life to everything it touches. And Daniel, he's the son of man who ascends before the throne. Hosea, he's the hound of heaven who pursues the lost. Joel, he's the spirit's power. Amos, he's the cry for repentance before the judgment. Obadiah, he is God's mercy and judgment. Jonah, he is a voice to the lost. And Micah, he's the promised savior. Nahum, he is the word of warning. Habakkuk, he is the promise of faith. Zephaniah, he's the one who brings the day of the Lord. Haggai, he is the builder of the new temple. Zechariah, he is the coming priest and king. And Malachi, he is the son of righteousness who rises with healing in his wings. He is the one. He is the redeemer. He is the life. He is the joy. He is the peace. He is God. God everlasting. He is. But 
that wasn't the end of the story. As they walked, they came to their lodging and maybe typical of the stranger, you know, it's the Christ. He plans to keep on walking by. And these two friends say, hey, no, come, come, come stay with us. Come on in. And Jesus says, okay, I'll come. But as he does, an interesting thing happens. Instead of coming in as a guest, he plays the host. He comes in and he's the one who breaks the bread. And it's at that time, as I said just a moment ago, that they realized who this stranger was that it was the risen Savior, Jesus. The story goes on, and of course, they had to go and tell the eleven, let them know what they had seen, that they had seen Jesus as well. But, you know, the story for us is we have the same choice. See, Jesus is a perfect gentleman who will keep on going by our house if we don't invite him in. But if we invite him in, which he would like for you to do, he wants to play the host. He wants your house to become his house. Now, I don't know about you, but I think oftentimes we don't quite get that. It's kind of like this. There are, there are people that when you um, have company over, you might live in a pigsty, but when you have company over, your house looks pristine, right? You sweep the floor, right? You take all the junk and you hide it in a closet or in a back bedroom. You threaten the kids within an inch of their life and say, if you don't behave, you will die. Right? And then when the company comes over, you serve them. You say, oh, here, let me get this for you. Let me put, let, here, I'm, I'll serve you first. And it's nice, and it's a good thing for us to try to serve and to please, but really what Jesus wants to do is to come in and be the host. You see, it's not about our works because after the company leaves, you know that all the boxes that you hid just came back out, right? You leave the, you leave the dishes on the counter for the next day because you're too tired. That actually happens to you? <laughs> you see, Jesus wants 
to come in and to be the host. We often try to put our best foot forward for Jesus. We try to do things to please him. We try to make things look good for him. But really, he wants to come in and clean out your house for you. He wants to come in and actually do the hosting. He wants to do the cleaning. He wants to actually, he wants to run the house. You know, others might uh, invite him in. But they won't let him do his job. See, the first one, it's, it's let's, let me, let's serve. Let, let's, by my own works, I'm going to try to serve him and make things look good. And that doesn't work so well. Others, yeah, I'll invite him in. But Jesus, you sit over there. Uh, Jesus, uh, could you please... Um, uh, no, not not that plate. This other plate here. Uh, Jesus, would you get up and, and, and go over there and, and clean that dish for me? You see, some invite him to come in, but they actually never let him be the master of the house. They want to retain that I'm the head of my house and... The guest is the guest, and I'm going to make sure they know that they're the guest. They want control. They want control of their own home. And again, when we invite, again, we invite Jesus in because he doesn't barge in. He's not the guest that just comes and Finds an unlocked window and crawls through. He wants to be invited. But we, when we invite him in, he doesn't want to be ordered around. You know, some may invite him in and they'll, they'll let him be the host, which is great. Please do that. But, you know, as they broke the bread, it would have been a real shame that they never opened their eyes. When Jesus broke the bread, some people will let him come in, but they never really realize who he is. They just see him as a good teacher. Yeah, I'll follow the rules. A lot of these people, they look great on the outside. They're the ones who, you know, they, you, you look at them and you say, boy, they've got it all together. They don't do anything wrong. They follow every single rule. It's, it's, it's all, they're all cleaned up. They're all nice and neat. But really, they have never realized who this host is. They just got merry maids who have come in. And clean their house up for them. They don't ever recognize that Jesus is the Lord, the God, the one who they need to not only follow, 
but to worship. Finally, what we really needed to do, and I'm sure you probably know this, but hopefully everyone needs reminding every now and again. We invite Jesus to come in and we let him run our lives. We turn everything over to him. Turn it all over. Lord, you you run the show. You just tell me what to do. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Here, you you show me how to do this. You you be in charge of cleanup. I'll 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 help with the cleanup, but you, you show me how to do it. I want to be I want everything cleaned up like you want it, but you're in charge. We worship him. We realize who he is and what he's done. And we we realize that he is the great king and God. And as, as, as such, we're not only just following a set of rules, but we are worshiping the one who gave them to us. Because really, really, what happened on the cross is a great exchange. You see, um, you and I were supposed to be here. But instead, Jesus was there for us. And what he'd like to do is pour into us everything that he is. But you see, if you if you have stuff of you in here, he doesn't have very much that he can pour in. And it ends up being diluted. It's a mixture. But if you've emptied everything of you out and then you let him pour in the dilution's gone and it's all him and this is what he wants from all of us he wants to come in And to be the host, to be the master, to be the Lord, not so that he can lord it over us, but so that he can pour himself into us, so that we can not be full of us, but so that we can be full of him. Not so that we can be subject so much, even though we are. He wants us to be full and to have that great exchange. All of our yuck, all of our mess, for all of his goodness, all of his glory, all of his peace, all of his joy, all of his love. But it only comes when we empty ourselves out 
and let him take over. This morning, I'm hoping that all of you have made the initial yes. If you haven't, please get that taken care of this morning. Please invite Jesus to come in to your house. You see, the whole reason Jesus came and died on the cross is because we couldn't get to God the Father without him. There's no way. We have too much sin, we have too much death, we have too much junk. And there's no way for us to get rid of it. As much as we try, it just can't be done. So he came in order to help us to do that. And as I said, he's, he's a gentleman. He'll keep our right on walking until you say, Hey, Lord, would you mind? Please come. If you haven't done that, please do that today. For those who are online, you can do that at home, but please call me up. If you haven't, let me know. Let's talk about it. If you haven't done that and you're here this morning and you'd like to, come talk to me after the service. Let's, let's pray together. Let's get this taken care of. I want to make sure that everyone here is part of the kingdom of God, that you know that you know that you know that if you were to die today that you would walk right into his glory because there's really there is it once you invite him in there's no death it's just an opening it's closing your eyes on one side and opening on the other i think for many of us though we've we've made that initial yes jesus come in but we're in one of those categories where we're either saying yeah, Lord, you take a seat. Let me serve you. Let me, let, me, let, me get my, let me work all this out by myself. You take a seat. I'll do the dinner. I'll, I'll, I'll call you when it's done. By our own works, we're trying, we're trying, we're trying, and it just doesn't get anywhere. We try to make ourselves clean, but it's just we toss everything in the closet instead. Or we, wa- we want him, Jesus to come into our lives, but we want him to come in our, on our own terms. Yes, Lord, come and, and get me. I, I need that. Remember that bumper sticker years ago? Uh, it says, God is my co-pilot. You want the fire insurance because you don't want the plane to go down, but you don't want to give him in the wheel. Come on, I want him to fly my plane. <laughs> Forget this co-pilot stuff. I'm going to go take a nap and let you fly, right? <laughs> Seriously, we want him to come in on our own, our own terms. But no, he's wanting to come in and he wants, he wants to rule. And along those lines, we really need to realize who he is. A lot of times, you know, he's the great granddaddy in the sky who we just demand things out of.
Lord, could you do this for me? Lord, could you do this for me? Lord, I need this. Chop, chop. Really, he deserves our honor, our worship, our love. And it's in those times that we actually empty ourselves in worship. We pour everything out. I'm empty. Fill me up. It's when the fullness of that great exchange takes place. And that's what he has for all of us. If you're in one of those categories this morning, I'm going to pray in just a moment. I'm going to give everybody a chance to get things straight. If you need prayer for it, please come see me afterwards. But you don't have to. You can get it straight right where you are. You can just tell the Lord, hey, I need, I need this taken care of. Repent of it and say, Lord, I want you to be my master, my Lord, my Savior, my God. I'm here. I'm dumping it all. That's it. If you need help with that, please, though, come talk to me. I'd be glad to talk to you more and pray for you more about it. So let's, let's pray together. I'm going to start the prayer, and then I'm going to give you just a few minutes to ask the Lord if you're in one of those categories and respond to him if you are. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your son, Jesus. We thank you that you didn't leave us without, that you sent your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would come right now and show us, Lord. Show us what we need in our hearts, how to respond. If there's a way that we need to empty ourselves, there's a way that we need to repent, to give up, to recognize you for who you are. Please come. Lord, I pray for each person here. I ask that you would continue to work. 
Lord, let us be 100% sold out for you. Emptied of ourselves. Filled with you. Listening for your voice. Obeying. Worshiping. Giving you glory. Lord, I ask the blessings of the Lord Jesus, the risen Savior, would be upon each person here today. Those who are listening at home, Lord, our family that um, may not be with us today, but Lord, I pray a family blessing over each family represented here. that we would follow hard after you. We would find you, invite you in, and that the full measure of your blessing would come. Lord, we thank you. We thank you so much for the cross. We thank you for the empty tomb. We thank you that we walk in the victory of the empty tomb today. And we give you honor and praise and glory. In Jesus' name.